Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, welcome back to the show. Um, as I said, we're, we're talking about sleep, which is another really, really important conversation. I find a lot of people talking about, uh, um, you know, sleep, not getting enough of it or not being able to take part in this um, restorative healing gift that we've been given. So we're going to be talking sleep with Dr. Hema Kalan, who is an integrative medical practitioner in private practice, and we're talking sleep habits for optimal and holistic health. Hema, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Nikki. Lovely to have you on the show. And do I pronounce your surname Kalan or Kalan? Kalan. Thank you for asking. Okay. Um, so Dr. Kalan, let's talk, let's talk sleep. Um, so, you know, from the moment we are born, um, we, we want to sleep and, you know, thank God for that because we know that the brain has to do a lot of growing and all of this growing takes place. And I've heard brain waves are so much slower when we're, when we're younger and there's all this growing and healing and whatnotting. And then we get older and it seems to get, a lot more difficult to sleep. Why is that? Yes, um, I think one of the big reasons why it is hard to sleep, especially in our times today, is that we have an overconsumption on all levels in our life. So there's overconsumption of information, overconsumption of social media, overconsumption of caffeine, alcohol, the processed foods that you were talking about uh, earlier. So I think all of that has a negative effect on our sleep. And, you know, sleep is the glue that takes your diet, your supplements, your exercise, your stress management um, all the meditation, all the yoga, all the strength training you're doing, sleep is the thing that brings it all together. Because you could be eating perfectly, you could be exercising well, and you could be managing your stress, but you're still not getting that outcome that you want because you are not sleeping properly. So it's essentially the glue, and without sleep, we have nothing. Hmm. So so what would constitute good sleep? And I'll tell you why I ask this question. There, there are many people who've got, you know, different levels of, so it would, some people say, I have six hours is enough, eight hours. I mean, I was reading these incredible statistics about some of these top athletes who are very specific about the amount of sleep they get. So, for example, Serena Williams apparently strives to get eight hours of sleep. NBA star LeBron James, eight to ten hours um, Tom Brady says he goes to bed early and gets at least nine hours of sleep. What constitutes the right amount of sleep and a good sleep? Okay, so when it comes to sleep, we're not only needing good quality of sleep, but we need good quantity as well as the timing of our sleep. Uh-huh. So we have to sleep with um the way the earth functions, because we are synced in with nature. So if you're sleeping at midnight or one o'clock in the morning, and if you're waking up at nine o'clock at night and saying, I'm getting my nine hours, that nine hours is not as restorative as sleeping at 10 10 o'clock the night before and getting up at six o'clock in the morning. So the timing is really, really important. 
because we are circadian beings, we're supposed to be awake when the sun rises and we're supposed to actually start winding down and sleeping when the sun sets. So that is the most important thing is the timing. The second thing is that we need a very good quality of sleep. And the quality of sleep means that we don't need any interruptions in our sleep. We need to have an environment that gives us deep restorative sleep um, where we get into that deep REM state. A lot of people would be sleeping for eight or nine hours and they're dreaming quite a lot or they're waking up three or four hours at a time and they're not getting the deep sleep. So the repairing is not happening. There are many ways in which we can, um, you know, measure this. But, I mean, just seeing how you are during the day. Are you alert? How's your anxiety levels? Can you think clearly? Are you able to learn? All of those are indicators that you are getting good quality of sleep. And then when it comes to quantity, any adult who is between 18 and 64 years of age needs about seven to nine hours of sleep. People that are over 65 years of age need between seven and eight hours of sleep. A teenager needs eight to 10 hours of sleep. So it differs from the time we are born, but I think lots of people are not getting the quantity, quality, or the timing correct. Mm. And I love what you say about these, the rhythms of, of nature, you know, when the sun rises and the sun sets. Um, and we always seem to, we, we, we want to dictate. We always want to have our own rules. I mean, it should change in summer and winter, really. We, in winter, we should be waking up later because the sun rises later. Um, I mean, I find it more difficult to wake up. Um, in winter, and I suppose that's the reason. And I think of teenagers. You talk about eight to ten hours sleep. How many teenagers are getting that kind of quality sleep? And I know how important it is for their brains. And just by virtue of the fact that school operates, that they have to start so early. So there's so many things, um, um, Dr. Kalan, that that kind of work against what you're saying. Get into this rhythm of the timing of the sleep, which when I, I suppose would impact the quality and the quantity of it. Definitely. There are one or two schools in Europe as well as in America where they did a study on teenagers that started school a little bit later and they finished later. And those teenagers fared better in the SAT scores than those kids that were not sleeping well and went to school quite early. Mm, and we sense. also see, yeah, and then we also see the effects of this um, late sleeping or the timing being uh, not optimal in night shift workers. So that we see that in nurses, in doctors, people who own petrol stations, any factory workers who are working during the night. They are getting issues with their health. There's an increased risk of cancer, high blood pressure, stroke. So it's very detrimental not getting the quality and quantity of sleep. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really do stand corrected, but I did hear a, an, a, a report maybe a week or two ago. And I don't know it was in the Philippines. And as I said, I stand corrected. But they had introduced a new rule saying that children must be really disciplined and they started to introduce even earlier hours. Um, so kids start school at something like five o'clock in the morning, um, again, to get these children disciplined. And, and they were just talking about the complaints and how difficult it is for these 
children and falling asleep on the way to school. It's just, it boggles the mind. As I said, again, when you hear some forward thinking countries and schools who do that, and then they start to um, get the, the, the positive um, reward. Very, very interesting. I, I received a, a message from someone who said, the older you get, one sleeps less. I'm 76. And I can sleep and do sleep for a good eight to nine hours every night. I wake for a piddle, but go straight back to sleep. I really can sleep. Is this normal? So the amount of sleep varies between individuals, but we know from studies that people over the age of 65, the adequate amount of sleep is between seven and eight hours. There is such a thing as oversleeping, and the cutoff point is usually nine hours. So while sleep is not an indulgence, oversleeping can have health issues because it can result in an increase in the body mass index or insulin resistance, worsening of anxiety or psychiatric conditions. So perhaps for that individual, well, the eight to nine hours is normal, but it would be nice to look at other health parameters to see whether that is too much sleeping or that is the way this individual functions and needs that nine hours of sleep. Mm, interesting. Thank you for that. Um, we're going to take a, a quick break, um, doctor. We're going to be right back and let's just talk about the link between sleep and weight. <laughs> Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And we're talking sleep and the benefits of sleep, you know, the kind of the quality of sleep, the timing of when you sleep, the amount of time you spend sleeping um, and really how restorative it is and how vital it is for our health and in order to optimize our health and to really function properly um, during the day. Um, Dr. Hima Kalan is an integrative medical practitioner and Dr. Kalan has been sharing some really important information about sleep. Um, Dr. Klein, just before the break, I said, what is the link um, between sleep and weight? Um, you said that the, you know, well, let me rather ask that. Is, is there a link between sleep, lack of sleep and, and weight? There's definitely a link between lack of sleep and weight. Um, sleep is the time where, you know, apart from restoring, repairing and regenerating our mind and our body, it does other functions. So one of the functions is that our hormones are regulated. And when we are not sleeping, we have an increase in our stress hormone cortisol. And when that happens, we can have things like insulin resistance and our other hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, all of them can become off balance. We know that the two organs in the brain, which is the hypothalamus and the pituitary, that's where all the instructions start for our hormones in the body. So when we are not sleeping properly and we have weight gain, it's not just purely due to the amount of food that we are eating or what we are eating, but it's usually a result of a whole cascade of hormones, whether it's the insulin, whether it's the estrogen, progesterone, cortisol, all of those things are a big web which results in weight gain. So we really need to look at how we can sleep properly in order to solve the, the, that problem. Okay, so 
how does one go about sleeping well or properly? So, you know, there's a big elephant in the room that nobody realizes is one of the biggest causes of not sleeping well. And that is our devices. So everybody hears about the blue light that our devices have, right? Our cell Mm -hmm. phones, our um, our laptops. But nobody is really aware that even the Wi-Fi in the house or sleeping next to a cell phone is causing a disruption in our sleep cycle. So around the brain, we have a barrier of blood called the blood-brain barrier. And that is meant to protect the brain because without our brain, we would be dead. The brain controls every function in our body. So these devices, they make that barrier a little bit permeable, meaning they kind of punch holes in this blood-brain barrier. And so all of these toxins penetrate the brain, leading to lots of medical problems. So you should not be sleeping with your cell phone next to you. If you can, put it on airplane mode, out of the room. Um, you should have your Wi-Fi off. A big culprit is also all of these um, watches that people are wearing. You know, the Bluetooth is on. So it's sending a lot of unnecessary interference to the brain, and that is disrupting the sleep. So for me, in my practice, that is the biggest disruptor of sleep, are our devices. I think that's so important, and I've got to straight, uh, uh, confess that I used to be so good with this, so this is such a good reminder, Doctor, um, because these are simple things to do, but we really have become quite attached to these devices. Um, I was watching a program the other night, and in it you see this woman, and she's sleeping with the phone under her pillow, and that's become the norm. That's become the norm. So let's go back to how, uh, besides the, besides these um, devices, what, what else can we be doing to sleep well? Okay. So we need to make sure that we're eating and drinking really well during the day because the brain is the organ that uses the most water and needs the most nutrients. A lot of people are not drinking during the day. They're not well hydrated. And so when they are at home after dinner, they're hydrating a lot more then, and this is disrupting their sleep because they're going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Um, blockout curtains are freely available in South Africa, so it's nice to have a blockout curtain. And even just simple things like making your bedroom, your pedestal clutter-free creates a positive nurturing environment to promote sleep. You know, lots of people have um, clutter on their pedestals, yes. a pile of books, and it, it it creates a lot of mind clutter. One way also to improve your sleep is to do a mind dump. I mean, we are all anxious 365 days. We have too many things to do. Our brain has 10 windows open, just like a computer. Yeah. So just writing down and emptying the mind what we want to do or anything that's in the mind, it's we call it a mind dump. Doing this mind dump before sleeping empties the brain and will promote the sleep. Um, we can also make sure that the bedding is nice and uh, cool. So we talk about 100% cotton bedding, 100% cotton pajamas, which is breathable, 100% cotton underwear, because a cooler environment 
as well as breathable linen is and breathable clothing does promote sleep. Um, so there's lots that we can do, and these are small things, but they cause uh, a huge improvement in our sleep patterns. Yeah, simple things that we overlook but actually are so important. We're going to take a quick break, Doctor. We're going to be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And this is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. And we're talking sleep. I have Dr. Hima Kalan on the show, an integrative medical practitioner. Really interesting conversation about sleep. You know, something about um, your devices. Are you aware that you shouldn't be charging your device in your room? Switching off the Wi-Fi is important. Certainly not sleeping with your phone next to your bed because it really affects your brain and it impacts your sleep and something like your cotton and your linen, your pajamas that you're wearing. I mean, this impacts your sleep, your, your nightstand. Is it neat and uh, orderly or disorderly? And all of these things make an impact. Um, Dr. Um, Kalan, I, I came across something, I don't know if you've heard about it before, called the 10320. And it's something like um 10 hours before bed, don't drink caffeine. And three hours before bed, don't have food or alcohol. Two hours before bed, stop working. One hour before, no screen time. What do you think of that? I agree with that. I have come across that before. And uh, the first time I came across that a few years ago, it uh, made me stop and think because that one says two hours before bedtime, no working. And it uh, made me pause in my tracks to see if I'm really working or am I having a mental break uh, just before bedtime. Mm. Um, I'd like to add to that. And I would add a number four. And the four would be do not exercise four hours before bedtime. So uh-huh. the reason is that some people exercise and they feel very energized and hyped. And so when they get to bed at 10 or 10.30, they find that they can't fall asleep that easily. So we normally tell patients, if your bedtime is at 10 o'clock, make sure you're not exercising within four hours of bedtime. The food, I would also say four hours before bedtime, because even if you are eating three hours before, when you are falling asleep, instead of the body going to calibrate the circulatory system or creating new memories or filtering out the toxins from the brain or regulating your immune system, all the functions that sleep does, what it's basically doing is busy digesting the food that you've eaten. So rather eat a little bit earlier. If you have eaten within three hours of sleeping, then a short walk, 10-minute walk, even in your house, would help digest the food before you actually get to bed. So so, so these are the things that can really help um, with the quality and quantity of sleep, and it makes sure that we are able to face the day with you know, lots of motivation and enthusiasm and able to learn more. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 
Well, thank you so much for staying with us um, during the show. And I want to just thank Dr. Hima Kalan, the integrative medical practitioner who joined us having a really important discussion about quality restorative sleep. Um, I would say it is a wake-up call to sleep better. If you missed any of the show, you can listen to the podcast. Go to the Chai FM website, click on podcasts, and look for Thursday Life Links. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Listen, have a good Pesach. Chag Pesach Sameach. Um, we will be chatting after Pesach. Take care. Go well for Miniki Seberini. Until then, bye-bye.